Hey, this is Wilson. No Jason this week, as always. What's up, Galvis? What's up, Wilson? What's popping? Happy New Year, sir. Same to you, my man. Uh, but, uh, quick question. At what point do you stop telling people Happy New Year? Well, it's almost at that point already. Even if you haven't seen him or her, but it's already like late January, are you going to still say Happy New Year? I don't think I would go into late January with it. Like maybe January 10th? Yeah, some somewhere around there. Because here I at mean, work, there was a coworker that uh, I hadn't seen him. I guess he was on vacation. I was like, what's up, bro? Happy New Year. Like, I just, I was like, uh, is it kind of too late already? Yeah. Um, I would say one week even is, a, is enough time, you know? You know, what time do people, really, do people settle into the new year? Like, that's the, that's the, that's the you know, basically the same but question. There are right some, on certain paperwork, there's still times where I'll put, like, 21. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, it's, it's not, it's kind of not until people... You know that they make that adjustment in their brain. <laughs> you know, once once their New Year's resolution has failed, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I don't even make New Year's resolutions. I'm, it's, I used it's, to. <laughs> I used to, but you know, it's kind of depressing. Yeah. Since who who the hell keeps who the hell you know stays yeah. in their New Year's resolutions? Nobody. <laughs> yeah. um, the the eating right and the working out lasts only about um till the weekend. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, we, I want, I want to apologize, uh, to all the many listeners of this podcast as we have not done an episode, um, in almost a month. The last episode was December 13th and that was actually the last episode, you know, we have, God was like, we do three different podcasts and the the one that we did of this one, December 13th was the last one that we did in, in any of the podcasts. So we've been slacking on our podcast game. Um, recently, uh, but now we're back, you know, and um, we're gonna, you know, check in on the Lakers. Uh, they played thirty nine games thus far. They're actually on a on a three game uh, winning streak. Uh, and you know, Anthony Davis is out. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks now, you know. Um, and I'm gonna, as soon as he went down, the Lakers immediately lost five straight games. Uh, but they've been playing a little bit better uh, recently. Um, you know, LeBron has, uh, I mean, LeBron has been fantastic. You know, I said something on uh, on social media that people didn't like. Well, half the people didn't like it, half the people did, uh, where I talked about LeBron, um, how, you know, I just felt like he was uh, sort of being manipulative, manipulative uh, with his play. Uh, this, is, this is LeBron that we're talking about. This is one of the greatest and smartest players in history. And LeBron James knows the difference between playing to get your numbers so that nobody blames the losing on you and playing to actually, you know, put your best foot forward to try to win the game, you know. Uh, and, you know, I feel, I feel like there's been times where, you know, where LeBron is, is kind of just going out and getting his numbers so that nobody, so everybody goes, well, it's not his fault. You know, he's getting his 30, 35 or whatever. Instead of coming out like he really, you know, knows how to do, and and play the whole game, trying to you know keep it close and keep it in striking distance, and then win the game at the end, which involves you know being a leader and include, keeping your teammates involved and engaged uh, the whole game. And I feel like he hasn't um he hasn't really been doing that, 
but they are on a on a uh, on a three but, game uh, winning but streak. You, but do you, as a Laker fan, do you want him to do that? Because you want him to do that in November, December, January. You really want him to go balls out and just. Well, that's what I'm saying. But he, but if he's, I'm, that's what I'm saying is if he's gonna play hard anyway, hard enough to average to get you know thirty, thirty five points a night. You know that means that he's if they, that means he is he's trying at least enough to do that. So if he's going to do that, he should really go all the way and and try to actually like win the games and not just try to put up a, an impressive stat line that'll make people go, oh well, you can't blame him on LeBron because he's playing well and they're you know they're still losing, but it's not his fault. Which I feel like is what he's he's been <laughs> he's been trying to do. He's been trying to get over on people, you know. Um, um, but if there's anybody. In the history of, other than maybe Tom Brady and maybe Michael Jordan, there's nobody that knows what the difference between a regular season and a postseason is like more than them, right? Mm -hmm. He knows his body. He knows that it doesn't matter what you do from January till March, you know, because especially with a veteran Laker team, it doesn't matter what seed they are. Obviously, all the, all you want to do is just avoid the Warriors, which it looks like you have to either be out of the seventh or eighth seed, right? Um, and so he knows what he's doing. But the one thing that does worry me about, about the Lakers is that everything was so dependent on, like, on Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis just can't seem to stay healthy, man. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I've probably said this on the podcast a million times. It's just every time he falls, it's like a log falling. He just is so – I've never seen anybody so athletic and so strong just fall like a um, – uh, like he has no balance. Yeah. You know? Every time he falls, I hold my breath. Yeah, and finally, uh, in the loss of the Timberwolves on uh, December 17th, uh, he suffered a sprained MCL, and he's been out ever since. Uh, he's, he was set to be reevaluated in, uh, in four weeks, so that'll be about another week or so. Uh, they'll reevaluate him. And, um, you know, I just, uh, it's just, it's just disappointing, you know, um, because he's, you know, everybody was expecting him after last year, he missed half the year. And everybody was expecting him to come back and, you know, and, and, and have, have like, you know, like on this revenge tour. And he came out and he was playing well enough, but he wasn't dominating and the team wasn't, you know, they were playing 500 ball. So everybody was still, you know, um, disappointed. And then he gets hurt. So it's going to be another year where he misses, you know, 20 or 25 games or whatever. Maybe even and, 30. Yeah. Well, at this point, at this point, it's only missed twelve. But you know, if he misses, you know, let's say another week, that'll be fifteen. And then who knows for the rest of the year? You know, is he going to play the rest of the year? The thing is, is that is that when they say reevaluate in four weeks, when it comes to Anthony Davis, they probably really mean eight. (laughs) Yeah, you know. But but let me ask you this: as long as LeBron is on the Lakers. Anthony Davis is pretty untouchable, right? Yeah, I don't think they would, you know. Would I you mean, trade him? 
No. I well, I mean, say. obviously, obviously, if you were to get a package that you just can't turn down, but you're not going to uh, trade for for a couple stars and draft. Yeah, I can't imagine what that what that package would be. You know, I, I mean, the, the the thing about it is that you know, they won two years ago. Then last year, the injuries ate them up, or they might have won again. And then this year, they come out, they trade for Westbrook, and even when the big three have been together, I mean, they've just been a you know a, just an ordinary team. And I um, but I just I you know so so the, so the more that happens and all the LeBron gets, I think the less power and control uh, he'll have, you know, um, because if you're not winning championships or competing for championships. You know, that's what LeBron's, you know, his his power has been based on throughout his career is that he gave every team he was on a chance to win the, to win a championship, you know. So if the, if he's not going to, if he can't do that anymore, uh, then he's not going to have the same, you know, sway and you know, everybody calls him the GM, you know, and stuff like that. But he's not going to have the same type of control over the roster that he had when he was in his prime if he's no longer guaranteeing you, you know, major championship contention. Um, now, Russell Westbrook, who, from the beginning, it was obvious that, you know, any anything Russell Westbrook is on, he's like the scapegoat. You know, he's the guy who everybody, people blame things on uh, when it's not going well. And we knew that it was going to be like that. Hmm? Does he deserve it? I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just the fact that that because of his history, that coming in, you already know that if things start going poorly, that they're going, the people are going to blame it on him. Now, the problem is, is the problem also is that we already knew this was going to happen, mm-hmm. right? We already knew he was going to shoot poorly, and there was going to be problems. You know, you can clearly see he's lost a step, right? Previous years, he would go up and just dunk over anybody. Now, sometimes he gets hung up by the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the problem is, is that he's not a great shooter. He's, would you say he's, would you even say he's a good shooter? No, he's not a good shooter at all. <laughs> exactly. So, just a bad fit. Um, we knew this was going to happen. Now, would you say... I think you can confidently say right now that we were probably better off with Kuzma, KCP, and Caruso, right? Absolutely. No. Um, for sure, Caruso. And Schroeder also. And Schroeder also, yeah. Um, you know, because when you have Anthony Davis and LeBron, you don't really need that legitimate third superstar. No. And... I don't think there's ever been a guy in in sports that has put up these godly numbers. He's averaged a triple double for how many seasons? Four seasons. Four of the last four five. Bro, four seasons. He's averaged a triple double, and people just treat him or think of him like he's like dog shit, right? But, oh. um. You know, it just, and you know, the crazy thing is that if, it's not like Russell has been has come into the team and has like been a bad teammate, right? Like he acts like he's still the number one option. 
Like, he's accepted mm-hmm. that he's the third option when Anthony Davis plays. So it's not like – it's not his personality. It's not his, um, you know, his uh, his mindset. It's just for whatever reason, man, it's, it's hard to play with him, you know? KD left because of him. Yeah, he's just he's not a player who who plays within himself. Like <laughs> you know, he can well, a lot of turnovers. Do you think do you think it's his reputation that people just have the bad like impression on him? Because I've heard or I've seen interviews where they where they uh interview former players and they're like he's like the the best teammate they've ever yeah, had. Yeah, he's a great teammate, yeah. No. It's not that. It's on the court, you know. As competitive as he is, he's just not a he's not efficient. Like I said, he commits a lot of turnovers. He'll, and he commits costly turnovers and he take he makes mistakes in big moments, you know. Um and sometimes that can be the difference between like when he was in Oklahoma City. Those teams are really, really good. But you know, I mean you can't put it all I mean, no, because he, he was I mean he and Durant together were, were were dynamite, but you know we all know the, the issues that they had with Westbrook sometimes. You know, not uh, taking a back seat to Durant, especially down the stretch and things like that. You know, um, but Tim Daniels for Bleacher Report, uh, he reported a couple of days ago in a report that Sam uh, Amick wrote in the Athletic, uh, where Amick said the Lakers showed some covert interest in moving Westbrook earlier than twenty. Earlier in the season, but the two seasons remaining on his five-year, two hundred and seven million-dollar contract remain a massive obstacle. So, I mean, that's pretty much people are you know maybe maybe next year you know when his contract is expiring, uh, you know people will be uh you know more interested maybe in, in making a trade for him at the deadline. But as for this year, it looks like it's not going to happen. You know, and you know I would hate to see the Lakers actually you know as somebody who's sentimental. And with him being from the LA. Is we wanted this, like, I know when we spoke about the trade, you know, we wanted it to work out. You know, he's from LA. He grew up a Lakers fan. And, you know, but, you know, like I've always said, I'm a Laker fan first before anything. So if trading him means bettering the team, then do it. If keeping him means, you know, because here's the thing, like, Who, who's good? Like you said, who's going to trade for him? You know, and I'm not going to trade him for just role players because at least you know with Russell Westbrook, he's going to be available almost every night. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, um, but yeah, they they uh, they definitely would have been better, like you said. You know, I've said before. You know, the same thing. You know, basically just keeping last year's team together. You know. Yeah. Uh, because it was really the injuries that did that team. And if you look at the, the series against Phoenix, they were having their way with Phoenix, basically. And they kind of toying with Phoenix. And then AD, AD got hurt. Yeah. And, you know, the rest was, was history. Um, so, you know, it's uh, it's just one of those things, man. Um, and uh, But, you know, I, I don't know. if They hoped that when Trevor Reese came back, that he would make a difference, and he seems like he's just, you know, he just doesn't uh, have it anymore, you know. Um, you know, you mentioned Caruso. We've talked about him uh, before. 
uh, he's, I mean, we see the impact that he's made in, uh, in Chicago. He's just, uh, I mean, he, he would have, like I said, on the last time we spoke, I think, on the podcast, uh, he, would, he would have swung at least five games, you know, in our direction, this, you know, so far. But we've lost some close games that he would have, just with his energy and making, doing the little things, making the big key defensive plays and stuff like that. It probably been five games that he would have swung in our in our direction so far at least. Um, so you know, I don't know. It's just it's 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 gotten away from. It's no, but you know what's actually weird is that everybody blames the defense, but the defense actually isn't. It hasn't been that bad. It's actually been the offense that's been the bigger problem. Um, you know, uh, and it's and it's weird because they've they've moved away when you trade for Westbrook and you move and you bring in. Uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony and guys like that. It's it's moving. It moves you away from the defensive identity that you that that initially made this team, you know, a championship team. Uh, but right now, they're actually they're you know they're what I'm okay, no the yeah the defensive rating was it, it was better like a week ago. It, you know, it kind of goes up and down. But now they're they're mid. You know, they're fifteenth out of thirty. In defensive rating, but they're twenty third out of thirty in offensive rating. So overall, through um, thirty nine games, almost at the midway point, they pretty much just been you know I mean they're just a, uh, an average team basically you know when you when you uh, when you break it down uh, and they have enough firepower at the top where you know I mean if you look at a team with with who's who's you know mid you know fifteenth in defense and twenty third in offense. You'd expect maybe that they'd be a little less, like the uh, basketball reference. It says you'd expect they'd be nineteen and twenty, but instead they're twenty and uh, they're twenty and nineteen. So you know, I don't know. It's just not. I mean, it's just not a very good <laughs> like team. Let's face what, it. The the thing that worries me, I think I said it in, in, in the podcast before, but you know, we haven't podcast in what three weeks, right? Yeah. So it almost it, it now it's even more solidified my um opinion. It's they're not blowing anybody out, man. Not even the bad teams. They're mm-hmm. barely beating teams like Sacramento and and the bottom feeders, and you know they're losing to to bad teams too. And that was the one thing that I remember from uh from that 2012 Lakers team was. They really struggled in the regular season. And it's almost like it's the same struggles, too. You know? Um, But, you know, they're, like, the last time they blew out a team was on New Year's Eve when they beat Portland by 33. Like, 33 points, you know? But against teams like Orlando, OKC, you know, I mean, they're just, they're not, they don't look good. Yeah, point differential is a big indicator mm -hmm. in every sport of like how, just how good your team really, really is, you know. And the Lakers point differential is not, I don't don't think it's very, uh, it's very good. Um, All right, let me, let me, let me read you the next five games and you tell me or let's say 10 and you tell me how many wins and losses they have just quick right okay mm-hmm. uh at home against atlanta 
I'm gonna say we're gonna win that one. Okay, home Phoenix. That's a loss. Sorry, 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 sorry. Memphis. I don't know how I said read that Phoenix. It's Memphis. That's a loss still. At Sacramento. Say we win that one. At Denver. Mm, I think that's a loss. Lakers might win that one because LeBron might be motivated because he's going up against the reigning MVP. Uh, 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 home against Utah. That's a loss. Damn, bro. <laughs> and, and that's how you know you're. that's a bad team because none of these are confident, bro. You have to think about it. <laughs> like, I can lose really? all at, home, at home against Indiana? Like, really? Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I, I think it's a pro. It's more than likely that they'll win, but you're not very confident. It's like they can only beat. They can only beat a team that's struggling and has more problems than they have. You oh, know? And, also, and also that they they uh, they got their best players out for COVID. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the Lakers. Uh, I mentioned point difference. The Lakers. The Lakers point differential is is a minus zero point uh, seven. Which okay. is twenty first in the league. Um, okay, so let's finish out the month. All right, so at home against Indiana, I say we win that one. At, okay, so the next games I'm gonna read. It's a road trip. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, six game roadie. Okay, um, start the road trip at Orlando. That's a win. At Miami. That's a loss. At Brooklyn. That's a loss. At <laughs> Philly. That's a loss. Back to back following day at Charlotte. That's a loss. <laughs> then on Sunday at Atlanta. That's a loss. <laughs> so they'll be lucky if, according to you, one out of. So if they're lucky, they'll come back one in five? No, they'll mess around and probably, they'll probably get, get Charlotte. They'll get two of those at those. Uh, but those that's not great, though. Because you, and, and here's the crazy thing I read, uh, I think it was last week. The Lakers had the easiest schedule to start the season, and they have the toughest schedule to close out the season. Mm-hmm. So, let's see, you only said, so one out of one, two, three, four, five. So out of 12 games, you're only for sure or not for sure one, but the only one you said win was at Sacramento, one. Home against Indiana, two. At Orlando, three. And maybe another game that they might steal. So, four. So, they, mm-hmm. they might go four and eight. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a good My team. God. <laughs> and if they go four, not... and here's the thing. So, right now, they're in the sixth seed. So, um, the playing game. They're five. They're five games ahead of tenth place San Antonio for that playing uh, tournament. You know, so they obviously want to stay in the sixth seed because that'll guarantee them. Denver surprisingly is doing is not doing great. Um, you know, that, obviously that's the, th- that's the thing about it. I said it. I said it before on this podcast that the good thing the Lakers have going for them is that it's been sort of a down year around the league. You know, um, so teams that there's are no usually great. There's no great team. No, other um, than maybe uh, Golden State and Phoenix, record wise. 
Yeah, Andy and that's only record wise. You know, that's not like you know the uh, the goal. But, what, but Wilson, what if Clay comes back at seventy percent, dude? Now Galvez, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking about yesterday because they're twenty nine and nine. They lost last night because they had all their guys out. They're twenty nine and nine. They had their one game behind Phoenix, who has the best record in the league. They're twenty nine and nine. When they have not, when Curry has had his, this has been Curry's worst season, efficiency-wise, of his career, basically. He's shooting 42% from the field, 40% from three. Now, most guys, you know, he shoots 13 threes a game. So, you know, if you're shooting 13 threes a game and making 40% of them, that's still re- really good. But for Curry, normally, when he's at his best, he's making, you know, between 48 and 50% of his shots from the field and 43 to 45% of his threes. So once that balances out and they get Clay back, you know, and if Clay can just stand in the corner and, and average 15 or 16 points a game just, you know, making well, threes. Well, it doesn't even matter what he averages. The fact is he's just coming back. And he's going to now, he does have, listen, even if Clay goes back and shoots, 25% from three, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that he's out there is going to free up so much space for, for Steph. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if for 10 games he's shooting 10% from three. That they're 11th still going to guard him. Yeah. That 11th game, they're still going to guard him like he's Clay Thompson because he is. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and the way the way teams guard Curry is so crazy. Like they guard him like all the way out at the half court, at the half court line. So with Clay there to just keep defenses a little bit more honest, where they can't guard Curry. Like you know, I mean, you've where you've seldom seen teams guard anybody the way that teams guard Steph Curry. You know, so if he can, so if Clay can just like you said, give him just that little bit of you know extra room to to operate. You know, uh, that's when it. That's when they can really be. You know, but but I still say just because of their the fact that they're um they're a small team, and the three point shot has never been a shot that you can really. I mean, they've made it the most. I mean they they've made it as reliable as it's ever been. You know, with with Curry and Thompson, but it's still something that can fail. And I think that's what that's the thing about Phoenix that I like so much. That Phoenix can, um, Chris Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker are two of the best mid range shooters in the game, and they can get to their spots, get to that in between game, and when you can do that, and you don't have to rely on the three point shot, that's big because that mid range shot is always there, and it's like you don't really go cold shooting the mid range shot, you know. Um, so I just love that about them, uh, but but you know, so so Golden State the thing is you know. We know what they what they can be. I really think it's I really I think this Golden State team is better than the um than the two teams before Durant got there. So the team that won in twenty fifteen and the seventy three win team, I think they have more guys. You can you you see them when you know when even when Curry's not playing his best, they can still win, you know. Um and but you know, like I said, it's the fact that when you're a small team like that. You know, when you have when you have Kevin Durant, a big six ten, all everything superstar, that's just different. I mean, at the end of the day, as, as great as Steph Curry is, 
the game will always favor size in some shape, form, or fashion. So, you know, when he fell, he fell to LeBron James. He fell to Kawhi Leonard. You know, bigger guys who were, uh, you know, just, you know, bigger, more. I mean, it's just, that's just the nature of, of, of the game. So the bigger you are, the more of an impact you can have on the game, especially over like a seven-game series. So if you're a six-three point guard who shoots a bunch of threes, uh, you know, and then you run into some, you know, just like last year with Phoenix. Phoenix was up 2-0 on Milwaukee, but Phoenix's two best players are these two, you know, guards, and Milwaukee's best player is a six eleven freak of nature who rebounds and and does everything and can guard, you know, all over the court and all that. So that's always that's really the only that's going to say it's only kryptonite is if they run into a team who, who has a a forward who's you know big and can do and can do everything you know, uh, but I don't know what I don't know what team looking at the I mean unless they you know, Kyrie's back now so that makes Brooklyn a uh, you know a, a factor uh, Milwaukee of course with Giannis is always going to be a factor uh, but in the West you know there's no other team like that but like I said I do like that Phoenix that they have those two guys who can get to those, those, those that in between game like that. Real quick, I know we're going to probably most likely do an episode uh, leading up to maybe the week of of the uh, NBA trading deadline. But as of right now, is there anybody who you see that can, um, you know, do a um, you know who who they can trade for? Um. I don't think so, bro. I think this is I think this is the team that they have. Uh and I just I don't I don't think that there's anything they can do besides, you know, I, I don't I really don't know what to say. I mean they just have to they the main thing they have to do is they have to show some pride and go out. And if they're not playing, you know, uh Phoenix, Golden State, Utah, Memphis, uh Miami, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Chicago. If they're facing anybody else, they have to go where we're going to win this game. You know, and that's that. And that's just a matter of pride and a matter of just giving a damn, basically. You know, but I look at this team and I don't know if LeBron at this point in his career, he's done everything that a basketball player could possibly do. He's in year 19, he's 37 years old, and I don't know if he still has the the will to want to go oh, out there. So, and... so would you like? So there's nobody, huh? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, also, nobody's bending over backwards to help the Lakers. You know. Where's uh, Jerry West? Is Jerry, Jerry West is, is he with the Clippers still? I think so. Yeah. By the way, that's been a shit show, right? Remember when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard went to the Clippers that night? They're like, all right, they're finally going to make it to the finals. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. Nope. And they, I mean, they play hard, and they're still, you know, right around 500, even though Kawhi hasn't, obviously hasn't played a game, and, and Paul George has missed, um, has missed games. So, you know, it's, it's a team that they've got a good culture there where they, where they play hard, but yeah. you know, you just can't. I mean, it's just basically a year where they have to basically forfeit, you know, 
competing for a championship and then try to come back. And when they come back next year with Kawhi, if he's, you know, if he's still Kawhi, they'll be back in contention. All right, so before we get out of here, just a reminder to rate, review, or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. The show is also on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and every other major podcatcher. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TCPodNetwork and the like it on Facebook. Just search for the Complete Podcast Network. Send feedback and mailback questions to the Complete Lakers Podcast at gmail.com. We are out.